What's up, everybody? Episode 10. Double digits, baby. How not to be a youth pastor. We've officially made it. We have made it to the top. We are, we are the big time now. Kyle and Derek here with you for another episode of just diving into uh, all the mistakes that we've made of uh, being youth pastors here in the great state of Minnesota and learning every day how not to be a youth pastor. And Derek, we're going to start off today's uh, episode with a quick question that's going to lead us very nicely almost into like we planned it almost that way. like we planned it that way. Uh, so Derek, here's the deal. Can you briefly describe, this is not actually a question, uh, so we're going to have to have a yeah. com- company meeting later. That's fair. Uh, briefly describe what your youth ministry growing up taught you or didn't teach you about love and relationships. Hold on. Let, let me, let me pitch it to you this way. Cause we can turn this into a question really fast. All right. What did your youth ministry teach you or did not teach you about love and relationships? Look at that. Oh my Just goodness. Just a few words. Uh, it was a little punctuation. We got ourselves a question. It's all good. Uh, what did my youth ministry teach me about love and relationships? Uh, Honestly, uh, I learned a lot after that was practical, if that makes sense. Uh, I was in high school in a relationship that was not good, and we didn't really talk about relationships at that time. And after it was all said and done, I made some really foolish mistakes. I We had this awesome relationship series. I talked to my youth pastors. It was all really good stuff that was really helpful for my future stuff. But in the moment, it was not necessarily the best timing. But uh, what I did learn is that uh, the thing that is worth fighting for, the thing in the pursuit of of purity, of waiting, of of seeking God and letting him just do his timing and do his thing uh, will pay dividends and will make such for a worthwhile life. And I don't want to share too much of what we're, we're going to talk about today. But uh, yeah, I learned a lot. And at the same time, didn't learn enough, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, on the contrary, our our youth ministry. So I had I had a couple different youth pastors growing up. Um, you know, most people in youth ministry are well aware that the average uh, tenure for a youth pastor is twelve to eighteen months, which is abysmal. Yep. Uh, but we'll get into that another time uh, and the importance of of longevity in youth ministry. But we had we had a youth pastor who he when it came to love and dating, he preached at least a couple times a year how staunchly against dating in high school he was. A few times a year. Uh yeah. And nice. uh and it was it was very you know, you you should not date in high school. Uh absolutely not. Uh and, and I I get where he's coming from. Because it was, I mean, he he always shared that within the context of like, listen, if if you're gonna press me for an answer, yes or no, I'm gonna tell you no, that you shouldn't. Because you know, he, I think he actually believed somewhere more in the middle. But if you're gonna press me for an answer, high schoolers are dumb. <laughs> and we love you, high schoolers. We love high schoolers, but they make a lot of bad decisions. Um, Word. Sometimes you don't grow out of those making bad decisions, but uh, if if you're gonna you know if you're gonna tell somebody like yeah you absolutely should or no you absolutely shouldn't more often than not the you know he believed the answer was no you shouldn't uh, and he's probably got a point there and so that was that was what I grew up with was just very staunch like no don't date in high school absolutely not like Did I you? don't think uh, anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I did not take Christ seriously in high school. Mm. How's that sound? Mm. Um, I, I I was, I was one of those kids that, uh, I acted one way at, at church and and acted a different way when I wasn't at church. And, uh, so I had, uh, plenty of, I I don't even know if you could call them relationships. Like sure. looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, I was just an idiot. Yep. <laughs> Word, man. That's my, that is, I'm with you. That is bad news. But that is precisely why we want to talk about what it looks like to talk about love, relationships, dating in a youth ministry context. Because the reality is 
high schoolers are high schoolers the same way they were decades ago, the same way they will be decades from now. And this idea of love and relationships is something that will never change. It never has changed. Uh, but here's the dilemma. When it comes to talking about this particular topic in a youth ministry, youth ministry context, uh, what's tough is love and dating is on the forefront of the minds of our students, but they don't want to talk about it. They just do not want you to talk about it because they're thinking about it all the time. They're always like acting on it. They're always you know dwelling on it. But when it comes to a youth pastor standing up and talking about it from the stage, you're like, absolutely not or not like, not happening i cannot talk today is that cool <laughs> you would just want me to talk for like the next 45 maybe, minutes maybe i maybe no, need to drink a water it's, or it's true though because you get middle schoolers that uh, i was just about to hand you my water bottle and then i thought yeah that's yeah, probably a bad idea <laughs> in the covid world let's not do that uh no but it's it's very like you get middle school students that they don't want you to talk about it because they're gonna squirm in their seats the yep. entire time oh, yeah. like, oh my gosh this is so uncomfortable because like oh like some of them are still in the in the phase of oh boys are gross or girls are gross yep and some of them are starting to maybe have a crush on somebody and and they don't want to talk about it yep and then you get high schoolers that they will also squirm in their seats some of them because they know what you're going to say. And they don't want to hear it. And they don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And some of them, uh, they they think they know what you're going to say, and and they don't want to hear that. Right. And and a lot of youth pastors probably don't handle this the best. Correct. Um, because, you know, it might be like, yeah, if, uh, if girls have their shoulders showing, then they are going to lead boys into sin. And uh, all of that stuff. That's that's a conversation there, for yeah, another there, there, day. There's but. a whole other uh, gender identity, gender roles, and just modesty. Our yeah, there's a whole other subtopic of this. But uh, what I think is so interesting is I had a, I had a conversation with a parent last week actually, and this parent is the parent that you want on your team because they care about their student. They're involved. They get their student there. I love those parents. This parent is awesome. If she's listening, you're the best. But what I loved about what she said is she said, Hey, I want to know because in our youth ministry, we talk about sex trafficking a lot. It's a, it's a, it's something we're passionate about. It's something we give to speed the light for all that good stuff. But she reached out to me because she has a sixth grader who just entered our youth ministry this year. And this parent approached me and said, when are you talking about this stuff? Because I haven't had the birds and the bees yet with my student. So I mm. want to have that conversation before you start talking about human trafficking. And I love that. But it just kind of exemplifies the reality that you have that type of a student who probably has an inkling into love, into uh, sex, into relationships mixed with potentially a senior or a junior who has um, been sexually active for years now. And, and, and right. so how do you how do you split that gap? How do you talk to both groups? It's really tough. And so sometimes youth pastors kind of avoid it in general because it's such a dilemma mixed with the fact of the reality is our youth pastors that preach to us, the youth pastors that preach to our parents, there are a lot of stuff they had to talk about, but I would venture to say a youth pastor in 2021 has an added dilemma because there are so many other factors that we are living in now that were not nearly as prevalent decades ago. LGBTQ+, openness to couple living together. Like So many more people are living together before marriage, during dating. I've even had, I've heard of students who will sleep over at the opposite sex's house of their boyfriend or girlfriend and their parents are like, yeah, it's fine. Like, they can sleep in the same bed. I don't care. Like that, all of that stuff is not nearly as, uh, I, mean, I mean, nowadays it is much more common, much more accepted. Yeah, than it, ever was it wasn't, before. it wasn't a thing, you know, that long ago. And I, I literally just saw on Instagram or Facebook, so I don't know, somewhere, somebody was sharing an event that was talking about, uh, you know, buying, I believe it was, you know, some of the, legal processes and checkpoints of a couple buying a house together who aren't married, but they're, you know, they're living together and they want to buy a house together, but they're not married yet. Uh, you know, co it was like cohabitation with something. I don't sure. remember the name of it, but it was, it was kind of that interesting, you know, this is, this is something that 
has been around in in that age range, right? You you've always you're always going to have couples, uh, you know, in their in their twenties or thirties that are living together that aren't married. Yep. But it's started. You're right. It's starting to creep down into, uh, you know, some aspects of teenage life. Yep. And that's going to be something that youth pastors are going to have to have to look at through a biblical lens. And it is a, it is a wrestling match because you need to talk about it. The fact that this is trickling down. The fact that um, all of the stuff I just mentioned is a hot button right now. It's something that a lot of people are buying into. A lot of people are living out. It's something that is much, much more prevalent, at least from my perspective, than it was even when I was in high school eight to ten years ago. And so we know we need to talk about it, but as a youth pastor, you almost like feel like you don't know where to go because yep. you feel like if you come at it from a biblical perspective— you feel like you're automatically, you're already on the defensive because you know people are going to fight it. You know people are going to come against you. They're never going to. They're going to. You know, there's there's even lawsuits nowadays of where if you, there have been like legitimate lawsuits of a couple coming to a pastor who is in a homosexual relationship. Pastor saying I can't do that. Pastor gets sued for being prejudiced and not doing. So right. there, there's all these dilemmas, and you feel like if you come at it from a biblical perspective, you know you're going to be just grilled, and mm-hmm. so. There, therein lies the the problem of there is this really big pressing thing that we need to address. We need to invite God into. We need to come at it from a biblical perspective. But I'm terrified because I just know it's not going to end well. And and so where do you go with that? Like what do you do with that? Which is exactly what we want to talk about it today because it is something that I believe we need to mention. We need to talk about like holistically with all of our students, one-on-one conversations, all of that stuff we need to talk about. And so to me, I think what is so important to remember is that the message is the same, but the delivery might not be. Like the Bible is timeless, right? Like the culture will ebb and flow. The culture will change. All this will, you know, kind of go back and forth and, and shift and move. But the Bible's pretty clear about like love and relationships. I mean, you go back to God cares so much about relationships both romantic and non-romantic. We see in Acts chapter 2 that the fellowship of believers came together. They shared everything together. They sold all their stuff. They worshiped together. They ate together. God prioritized relationships in the early church big time. And and that does not sound super romantic to me. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, uh, hey, I, I really have... Uh, this need, man, my wa- my wagon's wheel just busted, and I gotta buy a new wheel, and I wasn't anticipating that. Oh my gosh, dude, let me let me sell some of my extra clothes, and and I'll give you some money so that you can buy a wheel for your wagon. I don't know where this analogy came from, but I'm I love it. it. I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> this is great. You know, that is that is sacrificial love. Yep, which is what God called the church to be, not romantic. No, which is maybe something that we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. You know, it's students, middle school, high school students are starting to figure out what love really is. And it's okay for you to absolutely love somebody in a non-romantic way. You know, you can, you can have really, really good friends that are not romantic. Oh man. Uh, in, in nature. I think that's, that's one of the places that, uh, you know, culture and and Satan kind of trick teenagers sometimes in, into thinking, oh my gosh, like, you know, if if I am if I am a you know middle school girl, high school girl, uh, I I have this one female friend that I'm really really close to, yep, and none of the boys seem to be interested in me. I wonder if I'm gay, right? You know, that, that's where, and, and, and part of it is like, I, I just, I really like this, this friend that I have, like our bond is special. It's okay to have that David and Jonathan bond with somebody and it not be romantic. Absolutely. And it, what that does is it creates a, a breeding ground of just attraction and lust on overload. A phenomenal pun. But anyways, what I I missed it. Maybe, maybe breeding ground for. Oh yeah, let let yeah. let's not talk about breeding <laughs> grounds. That that would be bad news. But it does right. Like if if you can't have that meaningful, wholehearted relationship with the person, without romanticizing it, what you're essentially doing is just creating this culture of 
attraction, lust, like I need to be physically attracted to them or else it's not anything worthwhile. And and it, it just it creates this huge paradigm, this dynamic that is so tough. Yet it just it completely gets away from the from what the word says. I mean, I go back to you look at the very first book of the Bible in Genesis. Adam had complete access to God. He had everything he needed. Like God was literally with him probably more intimately than anybody else that's ever walked this planet short of Jesus. And even with all of that, when he was all said and done, he looked at Adam and said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Right. So at the core, God is understanding that we as human beings are created for relationship. And the reality is singleness is still okay, right? Like Paul said, it's preferable if you're single. You can do so much more for God. You can be so much closer to God. Like if you can be single, do it. But if not, you're not less than. You just got to honor God in your relationship. But whether it's single or uh, a, a relationship or marriage, whatever it is, the reality is that we were created for relationship. And it's important that we talk about it in that way. Um, like, And what I think is so funny and what I love about students, what I love about youth ministry is in our culture, because purity is such an important thing in the Bible, something that we as youth pastors talk about, it creates this idea that God doesn't like sex. <gasps> you said the S word. We're going to say it a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it, it, it's true. I mean, it, it, whenever I talk about sex in, in a youth group context, even within you know smaller groups, kids are so on edge because, one, they're uncomfortable because we're talking about something that seems so hush-hush about it. But they don't understand that like sex is actually something that is talked about in the Bible right. in length. Right. Like it's not just that you can have babies and populate the earth like God desires good, healthy, strong sex lives. I mean, you look at the songs of Solomon. I know that book is not inherently about sex, but he uses his love for the church in the context of two people who are infatuated with each other physically, emotionally, spiritually, all that good stuff. And so and the last thing I'll just say is when it comes to the Bible and relationships, dating, all this good stuff, this is not anything new. Problems with relationships, sex issues, all this other stuff is not exclusive to the 21st century. I mean, straight up in the Bible, you read about like people who used to worship idols with sexual rituals. Right. There were a lot of uh, nations around the Israelites in the Old Testament who had, you know, a lot of them had many, many gods. All of them had many, many gods. Yep. And pretty much every nation ever had a god that was focused on fertility. Yep. And, and some of that was, you know, crops and, and agricultural, but a big part of that as well was offspring. And mm-hmm. and there was always kind of that sexual component to it. And that was that was where a lot of the, you know, there there's a lot of instruction in the Old Testament that God gives the Israelites about uh you know sexual immorality yep. and uh different conducts that they are to do or or stay away from and a lot of it has to do with some of the practices of the nations that were around the Israelites and God God had a standard and an expectation for his chosen people that they were not to uh stoop to that level yeah. more or less yeah and it that has has been has continued really. Yeah, from that then that until now. never stopped. No, and it that, just looks different. It does. It looks completely different. But that that's why the encouraging part of all of this. If you're a youth pastor, if you're a parent, and you're listening to this, wherever you're at, if you have teenagers around you, let's be honest. Even if you have adults around you, because these types of things are not just exclusive to teenagers and young people. I mean, this is stuff that we see in our churches with other relationships, all that other good stuff. The encouraging part to that is that this problem has been going on for well over 2,000 plus years, but the solution is the same. The God is the same that wants to come yep. and be a part of it. And so uh, when it comes to the message, like we talk about the message is the same, but the delivery or the method of delivery is different. The message is God desires relationships with his people, whether it be romantic or non-romantic. God desires for us to be together and not live in isolation. The reason is because together we can glorify God 
we can have a stronger relationship with him and it'll bring meaning and fulfillment to our life that we can't have by ourselves. And so that is the message, but how you, how you present that really can turn somebody toward Jesus or away from Jesus really fast. And so when it comes to talking about relationships, specifically romantically, uh, every context is different. Every youth pastor is different. Every uh, culture and, and time is different. So I want to hear, Kyle, from you. Uh, Bring it on. What you guys have done when it comes to you, your leaders, your team, your church, talking about dating, relationships, mm-hmm. what you guys have done that's worked well, what maybe hasn't worked well, and kind of like where you guys have been. Yeah, we've done, uh, you know, we've done some different sermons or sermon series uh, with our youth in the past. Uh, you know, for for a youth pastor looking at the calendar, um, you know, February, March is is always a a convenient time Why is to, that? to have the conversation you've got you've got valentine's day in mm. there you've got uh you know you get into late april and may and you've got prom season that, yep. that starts to pop up and so uh a lot you'll see a lot of youth ministries uh do a sermon or a series on this uh in the in that early springtime uh one of the things that we have done not just for uh this topic but for a couple different topics is uh, some sort of anonymous Q&A, uh, but I really like it for this conversation of love and sex and dating and relationships because, like we've been saying, kids, like they will squirm in their seats when we start talking about this. Mm-hmm. And it, if you can give them an opportunity to ask the question they want to ask without anybody knowing that they were the one that asked it, uh, you're gonna get more honesty from your students as you can you can fight and claw tooth and nail work as hard as you want to create a transparent leadership team where you know you have an open door policy and yep. you know you're preaching hey anybody can feel comfortable talking to me about anything you can do that all you want you're gonna get more engagement and 100%. better questions in an anonymous Q and A, hundred percent, than you will just kids coming up to you. Uh, and so we we love doing that. Uh, the third thing that I'll say that has worked really really well for us is is talking about the big picture and the mindset mm. of dating and relationships in high school. And this is this is kind of the trick that I use with students all the time and. It, it you get students that hear this for the first time and it blows their mind because they've never thought about this before. And that is, you know, dating relationships in high school, any dating relationships, but, you know, we're talking specifically middle school, high school context. These dating relationships are going to end in one of two ways. You're going to get married or you're going to break up. Those are the only two options for how this relationship can end. And so keep I encourage, we encourage students keep this in mind if you are going to step into a dating relationship. You know, if if you are if you are dating somebody and and you're faced with, hey, I, I, I you know, they're they're kind of pressuring me to do something or or I feel like I want to do something or I want to make this decision, you know, look at it through that lens. Okay, we're either gonna get married or we're gonna break up. If you're gonna get married, you got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. You are you do not need to be in any rush to do anything. If you're gonna break up, okay. Where, what is that, what is, where's that line that, you know, if I cross this line and then we break up, that's really going to hurt. Yep. Uh, you know, if, if you guys make the decision to hold hands as you're walking down the street, uh, eating ice cream on your date, and then you guys break up, I'm pretty confident that you are not going to lose a bunch of sleep over that amount of physical contact. Uh, I could be wrong. There, there might be somebody out there that disagrees with that, but for the most part, I, I think, feel pretty I confident pretty in that. Yeah, feel pretty confident there. Uh, you know, going so far as like, hey, yeah, I, you know, I'm in high school and I'm in a sexually active relationship, and we break up. There's probably not probably. There's definitely a hundred percent going to be some some hurt there and some scars that need healing. Uh, if if the, you guys break up, and the other thing that 
all high school students don't want to hear is, uh, yeah, I don't have the statistic in front of me, 99% of high school relationships or middle school relationships end with them breaking up. Mm-hmm. And the response of every single student is what? Oh, but we're the one percent. Yeah, right. We're we're obviously the ups, the exceptions to that, and there are exceptions certainly. Well, yeah, that's what the one percent is there for. But but yeah, the odds are not on your side. <laughs> and when it comes to that piece specifically, I don't want to ever scare students away. Like I don't ever want to because mm-hmm. I think there are there are merits to having a relationship if it's healthy, of. You know, I've I've seen some really good high school couples who even have broken up, but because they had good boundaries, because oh, they yeah. kept Jesus at their center, like there was fruitful and productive things there. However, and they can be in a room with each other, right? And it's not and, weird. And it's not weird. Something I like to tell my students often, and it's something that I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't ever like preach with fire and brimstone or guilt or condemnation. I usually well, go then you're doing it wrong. As far as to go the opposite direction, however, when it comes to this stuff. I am very upfront about how your decisions in high school with relationships, yes, it will hurt in the moment for sure, but the reality is if you are not careful, you're not just damaging yourself, you're also opening up your future spouse mm-hmm. to hurt and pain. Uh, because my wife, for example, I was her first everything. First mm-hmm. real boyfriend, first real kiss, first real hand-holding, first real... You can. You is can that what we're gonna call it now? Is hand holding? No, I'm. I, I, I literally <laughs> meant hand holding. But I know. I, I, I'm guessing you can follow the dots to first everything. The reality is, I didn't get so far as to go really, really far with my ex girlfriend in high school, but I went farther than I wanted to. And sure. The reality is, especially early on in our marriage, that was very difficult for her to swallow. It's still something she manages and deals with on the daily because. Uh, it feels like part of me is with that other person, whereas all of her is with me. And that is right. very difficult to, to manage. And so, like, there's uh, – we'll kind of – if you're in that spot and you're a student listening, just know, like, there is redemption there. Like, God forgives. God is will heal. God will do all this awesome stuff. But it's important to note when you're going through that what that's like. And so I just want to kind of piggyback off of what Kyle said. We do the very similar things, the sermons, the the panels, and the, and the Q&A stuff. I love I'd to lo- have real quick. I yeah. love that you put panels on there because yeah. having students hear from multiple different perspectives uh, can be can be really good. You know, have both guys and girls on that panel. Have yeah. old and young on that panel. Have married and single on that panel. Uh, if it's about like just relationships, if you're specifically talking about marriage, then maybe only have married people yeah, on the panel. Right. But <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it, it's good to have different perspectives because the students have different perspectives, right? Like some of them have grown up into that home of they have never heard any of this. And Mm -hmm. so they might relate to somebody who was like them, whereas you might have somebody on the panel who was the rambunctious boy or girl in high school who just went around and did everything, anything they wanted. And they're kind of like, oh, I realize I empathize with that. And then here's how God redeemed that and saw you going down the road. And so um, that's a big piece is just kind of, you know, there are different approaches to it, but when it comes to just kind of delivering this message, it's important to be informed, right? Like in this day and age, there are a lot of identifiers that people use today, right? I mean, it's, it's not just, we're going to get into the weeds here. And I still would love to do an episode specifically dedicated to LGBTQ plus, because I think yeah, that, that one's that, coming at some point. That is, that is something that like we can really, really dive into, but um, I am amazed uh, I feel like every day there are more identifiers that people identify as, you know, yep. whether it's um, it's not just homosexual, heterosexual and bisexual. It's um, non-binary. It's asexual. It's, you know, it, it's all pansexual. Diff- yeah. Like it, it's literally all these different. Things. I think I heard demisexual the other day. I had to what? start. I had to start looking some of these up. It, Again, we're going to do an episode on this are, at some point. Which is going to be fantastic. But like, I think that proves my point is yep. when it comes to relationships and talking about this stuff, you need to be informed. You need to know what these things are. And if you don't know what they are and you hear them, look them up. Yep. You know, Don't just immediately just bury them in the sand and, and bury the student. Like, Be informed with what's happening. Um, and, and to go another step with that, it's important to be informed. 
But then also I say speak truth in love, of course, but then listen to everything else. Like don't shy away from what God's word says. Like even if you know that you sharing God's worth and God or God's word and God's truth might contradict the lifestyle of somebody you're talking to, don't feel like you can't share it. Like don't use it to crucify them and say like, hey, you're living in sin. Get that figured out. But because you know somebody's in a homosexual relationship, because you know they're living together, because you know they're sleeping together outside of marriage, because you know their input, whatever it is that contradicts what God's word says, don't feel like you can't be upfront with that. But be willing to listen, right? right. Like it's, it's so important to know what they've been through, how they got there, and just listen to what they have. Because if if the people that we're ministering to, students specifically, if we only ever speak at them without listening to them, they're not going to listen to us either. Mm-hmm. Our relationship's a two-way street. You need to listen and communicate. Yeah, and one-on-one conversations with students goes both ways where, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, some of those one-on-one conversations with, with a student that, uh, you know, maybe isn't doing it in the most biblical way. Yep. Uh, you know, going back to, uh, you know, how, how there, there are, you know, there's always that 1% that, that is, you know, doing it right and, yep. and has a shot at, at a long-term relationship. Yep. Some of those one-on-one conversations, can happen as well. Like I've, yeah. I've had conversations with youth students where they're in a dating relationship and I see them doing it really, really well. Yeah. And I will, I'll instruct them and coach them a little bit differently than I would the masses. Yep. Uh, and I think this is, you know, maybe, maybe the heart behind, you know, what I opened with, with the youth pastor that I had in high school where, yeah, it, broad blanket it's a, usually a bad idea but there are some students that can do it right and and you can you don't have to feel weird about maybe instructing them a little bit differently and giving them yeah. a little bit different wisdom where you know I'll joke with them sometimes about you know getting married down the road will yeah. they get married I don't know but they're handling it in the right way which is which is really encouraging uh to see and as as a youth pastor, it's okay to to have those one on one conversations with them to to instruct them a little bit differently. It's not just damage control, right? And I think that's what you're trying mm-hmm. to say is we don't want to just have the one on ones with what we would consider problematic couples or things that we see like encourage those that are doing it right. Like talk to those who maybe aren't living it the biblical way. Like, but listen. Like, like so often I feel like we're so ready to just address the behavior without listening to the heart of the student. And like, after you listen, like rely on the Holy Spirit for mm-hmm. action. You know, you might be sharing them with the word. You might be confronting them. You might just be being like, you know what? I'm going to yeah. just play out and I'm going to be here when things just crash and burn, yep. which, which sounds awful. But at the end of the day, like for some students, that's what works. They have to experience this for themselves. They have to walk through that pain. Yeah, one of the most painful parts of a being a youth pastor is at some, you know, there's only so much you can say at some point it's ah, well, I hope you turn around or or listen before this really goes south. Yep. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm always here for you. And as a youth pastor, you have to be okay with understanding that this is God's battle to fight. Yeah. We have an obligation to do what he's called us to do, but it is not our responsibility, not within our power, to true. change some of these things. Unfortunately, you know, very and true. so that—that's just why I think it's so important to share more why than what. Yeah, like, absolutely. Th- this is why I like because a lot of times we just get up and we say, "Don't, don't have sex in high school. Don't have sex before you get married. Don't be in this relationships. Don't do that." Like we're so ready to share the what without the why, and the why is because. This is going to be less painful. This is going to be more fulfilling. This is going to be something that brings you closer to God and with your future spouse. Like, share the why before you share the what. Because when they know why you're sharing what you're saying, they might have a better aptitude to actually adapt it. Whereas if you just, if they all they hear is don't do this and do this, it's so much easier to be like, I want to figure this out for myself. Well, and they're going to hear, you know, youth pastors, we're going to, we're going to share for you real quick here how this typically plays out if if you take that stance right you you all you preach is don't do this don't do this don't do this 
you know, they're going to eventually find themselves in a situation where they're hearing the opposite of that. Yep. And, th- and they're going to hear, do this, do this, do this. And now they have to figure out, okay, I heard don't do this here, and I heard do this here. This one makes me feel better. Yep. And that's the only reasoning that <laughs> right. I have because right. that's the only reasoning I've been given by either yep. side. And so I'm going to make that decision. And now, you know, as a youth pastor, then you see that and you feel like you failed. You know, if if you're willing to dive into the why behind it, you are now now you have reasoning in your head as a student as as to the why behind the what. Don't do this. Oh, and here's why. You know, not to criminalize sex, yep. but to to say, oh man, like this is what sex is and this is what God created it to be. And so that's wh- how I'm going to view it. I'm not going to twist it like the world does to to something that's common. As Christians, we're called to uncommon. Yep. You know, we just we just had an awesome Bible study conversation with our students going through Ephesians 5 and talking about, you know, wives, respect your husbands, husbands love your wives. You know, how what does that look like? And and we talked about as Christians, why would we not expect our marriages to look different than the world? Right. You know, it's the same thing with with other with dating relationships. Why would you not expect a godly dating relationship to look different than a worldly dating relationship? Yep. yep. And when you live that, going into it, it also sets up your marriage for success too. Because that's mm-hmm. the other thing that we're not necessarily talking about is my wife again grew up in the Bible Belt down south. And so like good old Indiana. Good old Indiana. And so like when it came to this stuff, it was like a don't do this or else I'm gonna beat the crap out of you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it, it it's not just like a this is bad for you. This is like a like this oh, literally no. will not go well if you well, no, if you I'm laughing because I trust that that's actually probably what you heard. <laughs> probably. Right? But like the thing is so Again, think about this. So for all of your life, you've been taught really sex is bad, right? Like like sex is okay in marriage, but anything before that, like I'm going to come and like destroy you and God hates (laughs) you and and, like all this. We laugh, but like sometimes that's legitimately how how it's preached. And so think about this for a second. For 8, 10, 12, 15 years, whatever you've been hearing this, sex is bad except for marriage. Sex is bad, sex is bad, except for marriage. Sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad, except for marriage. Naturally, you ha- you are conditioned to think that this is a bad thing. This is a gross thing. This is something we need to be we need to put behind closed doors. It's shameful. It's gross. But then all of a sudden you get married one day out of the blue and it's like, okay, it's fine now. Mm-hmm. Like that's traumatic. That's damaging. And so for the first year of our marriage, I mean, my wife and I, like we struggled to go like, is this okay? Like, is this, is this bad? Like knowing full well, yes, we're okay. Like this is fine. But like, because you've been so conditioned with the what and not the why of why it's important to wait, why it's important right. to abstain, why it's good that you do. We just heard sex is bad and, you, and you've heard the what. And so like, that's been a battle and that's something my wife actually had her senior project on is like trauma and and bad things related to sex education in the church Mm. or lack thereof um so like it's just again it just goes back to sharing the why with the what and you know i kind of alluded to this as well but with that don't be afraid to be real and be raw right like i think it speaks volumes when you have a student in the room who is going I know that this is good. Like Pastor Derek, Pastor Kyle said, like it sh- I should wait. And like they, they start to like understand, okay, man, I want to do this. This is great. I, I, I accept the why. But what if I've already done stuff? Mm-hmm. Like what if, what if I've yeah. already made those mistakes? And like that can be a very isolating feeling for a student. And so when all of a sudden they say or hear or whatever and go like, oh, they made mistakes too. Like, Mm-hmm. I'm not toast. I'm not mm-hmm. done for. Like God can still use me. God can still redeem this. Like Pastor Derek and Pastor Kyle have a great relationships with their wives. Like there is that redemption piece when they understand and can empathize with you. Mm-hmm. And so like take that to the next level. Like be open with your marriage with your students, right? Like don't just don't just preach about what you do in your marriage. Like live it out, mm-hmm. right? Like have that strong marriage, have that all your good stuff, but I'm not saying get on the pulpit and say 
my wife and I had a, had a fight today and like, you know, like <laughs> we're struggling with this. Like you don't have to be that vulnerable, but at the same time, students are always watching us. They're yep. always seeing what we're doing, what we're not doing. And so be open to, Hey, our marriage is awesome. It's solid, but like, it's not perfect. Right. And so like, here's how to handle that. And so, um, you know, I just, as we kind of get, get ready to close this up, um, youth pastors, parents, I know there are even friends of, of, of family members that know like, Hey, my student or this person could really hear this. Uh, I just think it's so imperative to just have a heart for the student because it can be hard for us to remember what it's like to be super, super, super hormonal, surrounded and saturated by other kids who are not doing what my youth pastor is asking me to do. That peer pressure, that desire, that fleshly desire, like it, it, it is, it is a battle and a struggle for mm-hmm. a lot of these students. And so, like, it's just, it's so important to keep our hearts sensitive to that, you know. And and if they are struggling with it, not seeing them differently, because the reality is they are going to make mistakes. Probably a lot of them, and probably the same one over and over and over again. Don't see them differently. You got to see this as something that like they are battling with and struggling with. And at the same time, like be aware of potential red flags. Like if you're a parent, if you're a youth pastor, I when we were in Phoenix, we did an anti-human trafficking trip. They talked about some of the warning signs of like guys who would like traffic people. It's not the movie Taken where they just go overseas <laughs> and they're kidnapped and there's guns and all. Like yes, that happens, but a lot of times human trafficking happens because it's this boy who shows them a lot of attention, mm-hmm. buys them nice gifts, and all of a sudden kind of manipulates them into jumping into human trafficking. You know, there are very emotionally abused. It's not just physical abuse. There are emotional abusers. There are, be aware of that stuff. Like, don't just dismiss stuff. If you see things like, that doesn't seem quite right, like, man up, honestly. Yeah. Or, or like, be okay with the potential uncomfortable conversation for the sake of that student. Mm-hmm. Like, be aware for them. You know, pray for them, uh, pray for healing, pray for future relationships that they might have. Like, I love to pray for the future spouses of my students. Like, it's it sounds weird, but, like, I'm a firm believer that, like, a good quality spouse is the thing that could take their faith to the next level. It could be the thing that makes them go all out. And the last thing, which I would love to hear you on, because I, I know you've had conversations recently, you know, or in the somewhat recent past, of confrontation. You know, like, if you see something in a student uh, maybe a student that's a leader of yours, maybe a student that is newer, maybe, it, and I know it changes every time, but I would love to hear your perspective on confrontation because I think it's very important that we don't shy away from it. Yeah, so this is going to be fun because uh, we had a series of conversations uh, that, that took place pretty recently in our youth ministry, and I can 100% tell you that that whole family is listening right now. Perfect. Uh, to this podcast. So this is going to be fun. Perfect. Um, but it was, so, you know, I'm without going into too many details, uh, you know, there was th- there, we, ha- we had an instance where we had a student who had questions yeah. and, and, and there were some, the other thing that took that I don't want to gloss over and, and a lot of parents might honestly like parents, if you're listening to this, and and you've got students that are struggling with this like i'm going to send you straight to this student's parents because i was i was floored not because i thought that they were going to bungle this cuz they're awesome people sure but it was just like every decision they made you know they they were telling me this and i was like oh my gosh that's brilliant yeah. like, i i love that uh but I rarely are you going to see an, a situation where, and this is maybe why relationships with parents as a youth pastor are really important. Rarely are you going to see a situation where a student, uh, you know, is, is, you know, maybe they are hiding a relationship from their parents, uh, or, or they're, you know, going farther in a relationship than, than they're, than they feel like they, the parents feel like they should, or, yeah. or that you wish that they did, uh, you know, if you have a solid relationship with the parents, the parents might be getting lied to. You know, the yeah. parents, th- there might be more here than just, uh, you know, the relationship itself yep. or, that needs to be addressed. 
And that was what happened here was, you know, okay, yes, there was, you know, we've got these questions about this relationship, but also, you know, there was, you know, lying to the parents that was yep. taking place. And, and that's what the parents addressed first. You know, first we're going to talk about how you were lying to us and then we're going to get to all the other stuff. Yeah. And like, again, I, I didn't expect them to completely bungle this, but hearing them talk about that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Because let's shore up, like, you know, you are my kid and I am your parent. Let's make sure that that relationship is solid because, you know, we would, Derek and I would encourage any parent that's in that situation, like, step one is not to ostracize your kid right. and, and kick them out of the family. Yep. Like, like, this is always going to be something that needs to be addressed with love. love. Yeah. But, you know, as a youth pastor, you also have to have a bit of a, uh, you, you, you have to have a standard. Yeah. And, you know, for, for us, it was okay, there's a lot of turmoil going on right now. Yep. And, and you're the, you know, the decisions that you're making both. And, and again, it wasn't just this, you know, relationship. It was also, you know, I can tell that there's a lot of turmoil in your spirit right now. Yep. You know, I know that you've had some pretty untruthful conversations with your parents yep. that, that they're trying to address. So let's take a season you know, where you're stepping back in that leadership role, if this is, if this is like you mentioned, yeah, a, a, a student who is, a, who is, you know, in some sort of leadership role. And, you know, what ended up happening was God moved and, and God worked in this student. And, and we are back to the point where, you know, student is, is stepping back into uh, some leadership things. And, and I'm super excited because, you know, they are, they're coming through this, yeah. uh, you know, with a stronger faith than, than they had before all of this happened. Yep. And, you know, it was, it was handled phenomenally by the parents. Uh, it was handled phenomenally, uh, by this kid's youth pastor. Um, that was a joke. I'm the youth I was pastor. Say it. <laughs> that, that's modest and humble of you. I like that. You know, it was, and, and there were other, uh, adult leaders that were just available to love on this kid. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing is, you know, we, we just did an episode on adult volunteers within youth yeah. ministry. Right. Why they are so important is because, you know, you as the youth pastor sometimes need to be the bad guy. 100%. Or the, or the, you know, bad male, female, doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you've got to be the downer sometimes yep. and to, to lay down the law and say, Hey, I'm sorry, but this can't happen. Yeah. Uh, you still need other adults that can come alongside that student and, and give them that hug, give them that yep. encouragement. Like, yep. Hey, I know this happened, but keep your head up, you know, keep pursuing God yep. and, and let's walk through this together. Yeah. Again, it, it comes back down to love, right? Like yeah. You, you just because there are things that, that we're asking you to do does not mean God doesn't care about you. God doesn't love you. God doesn't have like he still has a plan for you. Like my goodness, like this is this, this is just something that we want the best for you. And so, like I appreciate you even sharing that with me, Kyle, because like this is something like I, my wife and I are having to do in the mm -hmm. near future of have that uncomfortable conversation. And so, if you're in that spot, just a, a few quick thoughts I'll share with that. Whether they know it or not, there might be students out there who secretly hope you have that conversation with them because they know that this isn't right. They mm -hmm. know that this is not something they want to be in, but they don't have the gumption to step out of yeah. it. And yep. so by you having that conversation with them, they might secretly appreciate it, but they also might not like mm -hmm. they, like they're mm -hmm. there. They might straight up hate you. They straight up be like, well, that's prejudice. That's, you know, not fair. That is like not love. Like they might even straight up call you out and say, like, would God want you to do that? Like it might love get, it. it might get nasty. Right. Yep. But like, you have to know in your heart of hearts. I would also like this probably goes without saying, but like be prayed up, right? Like mm -hmm. go into that meeting with the anointing. Go into that meeting with like not Bible ammunition, but like if they ask, like here's here's what the word says. This is why we're, this is what we're going off of. Don't just go into it and say like, hey, you need to stop doing this because I say so. They might not like you at first. They might not like you for a day, a week, years. I don't know. They might never like you again. But if push came to shove, and if they legitimately let God work in them in that time, 
they will come back and thank you mm-hmm. by stepping out, doing the tough thing because we're caring about them long term, right? right? Like and if we're having this conversation, it's because we see something potentially unhealthy that will create or cause them more harm in the future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, again, if this is, if we're talking specifically about students in your youth ministry who are in some sort of leadership role, this is going to be a teaser to next week's episode, but you are responsible for the flock. Yeah. You know, you're responsible for more than just that one student. And if, if you have a student who is, you know, rather publicly, uh, you know, doing something they're not supposed to do and there's not a whole lot of, you know, regret or, or they're, you know, they're okay with living in that. Yep. You, one of two things is going to happen. One, other students are going to see that and view it as an example they're allowed to follow. Yep. Or two, the spirit is not going to go forward from that person and their leadership role in your ministry. Yeah. And both of those are not good no, for your both, youth ministry. They should both scare you, honestly. Right. And so that's that's where, you know, there's an importance of, you know, maybe it's, hey, let's step back for a season and, and we can, you know, talk about this and, and keep that conversation and that dialogue going. And then in the future, uh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's okay, let's jump back in or or whatever, you know, however it plays out, it plays out. But you you have to be willing to protect the entire flock yep absolutely and this is an ongoing conversation this is something we'll continue to you know mention or allude to um but i will close with this thought to parents to youth leaders to really anyone that works with students outside of a youth ministry context like we just implored you to love your student well Mm -hmm. you know and like we're we're fine being the bad guy we're fine doing all of that we're we're fine having these confrontations and this type of thing. But like the reality is we get them at most an hour to two a week. The love you show for your student, those tough conversations, the healing process, the, to your point of talking to that family who crushed it and just love their student through it all. Yep. Like we're going to implore and challenge and empower you to, you are the chief person that, that can take this to the next level. Like Kyle and I can lay a foundation. We can talk about this, but this really starts and ends in the home of the student because you are the ones that get to model that in your own relationship with the Lord, your relationship with your spouse. If you have one like this, really like we're going to help build you up, but this also falls on your shoulders big time. And so lean into God and just let him do whatever he wants to do through you in that case. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Hey, that does it for today's episode. Again, a reminder, uh, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We can be reached at how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, constructive criticism, or unconstructive criticism. Or if you just want a shout out. Or if you just want us to say your name on a podcast episode because you have that level of insecurity that you need our affirmation so bad. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> no, we would love to. We absolutely would love uh, to hear from you guys. But uh, that does it for today's episode. I am going to go make sure that all of my students are leaving room for Jesus. Goodbye. Goodbye.